This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're starting a new series, and we're going to be talking about the person of Jesus. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the aspects of Jesus, because I believe that some people may, you know, they, they may have a religious idea about Jesus. They, they, they only hear so many. We know that Jesus is the miracle worker and he's the son of God and he's, you know, he's God in the flesh. But I think sometimes we just get sometimes we can have a wrong idea or just have a religious idea of Jesus. And um, and so I want to talk to you about aspects of Jesus that you may never have thought about. Let's go to Corinthians First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter two, uh, verses one and two. And Paul was talking about this. You know, Paul um, preached about Jesus. And we're talking about this in the this. I'm going to give it to you in the message version of it this morning. Um, and it's first Corinthians uh, two, verse one and two. And this is the message. It says, you uh, you remember, remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you know in on God's masterstroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and with the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept, kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who he is. Then Jesus and what he did. And Jesus crucified. So really, this is the... The, the main text that we're going to be going with in the series is that Paul kept it very simple. Jesus, who he is, Jesus and what he did and Jesus crucified. Amen. And so, you know, it's not about how eloquent I am up here. It's really it's about Jesus and G and we call him Jesus Christ and Christ isn't his last name. It means Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the anointed one. And we are called Christians and we're anointed ones. Amen. Under Jesus. You believe that today? And I'm going to say this in culture. Uh, a lot of times uh, we grow up and we give each other nicknames and, and names can mean different things. Anybody ever grew up with a nickname? Hopefully it was a positive nickname. And normally it's, 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 it's your, your, your relatives and normally strangers will call you by your natural name, but you will have nicknames. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you add a Y to the end of it. I never really had a nickname. My brother George, I think they called him Georgie at times. He had a nickname. And so, so there's an endearment in nicknames. Uh, you know, even uh, my, my dad, I very rarely heard him call my mom Norma, which I just found out that her name isn't Norma. It's Norma Dean. And I always thought Dean was her middle name, but her real name is Norma Dean. And I thought for all these years it was Norma. But anyway, and, uh, and, so, and so my dad never called her Norma. He always called her honey or sweetheart. A, a, a term, do you, any husbands do that to your, uh, to your spouse? Amen. And so, so I really believe that names have a meaning. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about, uh, I don't know if you're a boxing fan. Anybody ever heard of Mike Tyson? And, and his nickname was Iron, Iron Mike. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Or Evander Holyfield. His nickname was The Real Deal. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I really believe that God, that God's into names. We know that we're going to talk about the name of Jesus this morning a little bit. But God is into names. And I love it when God gets into our lives and he reveals to us who we are. I'm going to call you a name today. You're a mighty conqueror. Amen. You're a healed one. Glory to God. You're going someplace to happen. Amen. I like what, when, when God came to Abram and, and, and Abram's name was changed to Abraham, father of multitudes. I love it when God, you know, he, he came to Jacob and Jacob's name was supplanter and, and Jacob wrestled with the angel and won. He, he won the battle with, with God and man and, and he got a new name, Israel, prince with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I love that. You know, even even some of the Bible people, you know, uh, Gideon, you know, uh, God was raising him up to be a deliverer for the Israelites. And God called him. He, he saw himself as small and insignificant, but he called him a mighty man of valor. And I'm going to say this to you today. You are mighty men and women of God, no matter what it looks like or no matter how you feel or no matter what the circumstances may be saying. You're bigger than you think you are. Do you believe that today? God is an awesome God. And so and so we want to look at this. And uh, well, let me give you I never had a nickname, but uh, but my uh, but I worked in the retail field. And um, my the the district manager gave me a name. I was a good salesperson and he gave me a name. You ready for this name? I never had a nickname, but I liked it. He, he gave me a name Lambo. <laughs> and I like that name Lambo. Man, I just feel like pulling out a big knife. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody see that? Rambo Lambo. That kind of stuck with me. So that, he, every time he's like, Lambo, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm closing down another deal. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I can relate to that. I, I like these positive names. Even, even Peter, Jesus even said to, to Peter, his name's Simon. And Simon, you know, means that you, you know, like Simon says, you, you bend to people's ways. But, but Jesus said, Simon, I'm going to call you Peter, Petros, Little Rock. I love that. So whenever we encounter God, we got to get a God wants to give give us a revelation, really a greater revelation of who we are in him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And that's why you're here today. So you can get a greater revelation. So hopefully in this series, you're going to get a greater revelation of Jesus and you're going to be able to love him more. And that's what I want. I want you to love him more. Amen. In Matthew 121, it says here, in Matthew 121, New King James Version, it says, and she will bring forth a son and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Glory to God. And a lot of people don't realize that, 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 that Jesus is the Greek name, but, but his Hebrew name is Joshua. You may have heard him called Yeshua, Joshua. And Joshua actually means savior or deliverer. So Jesus, just the name of Jesus, every time you say Jesus, you can think of he's the savior. He's your deliverer. Get a revelation. Every time you call on the name of Jesus, he's saving you. He's delivering you. He's setting you free. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Just the name of Jesus. 
And then Matthew 1, 23, just a couple lines down, it says here, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So I, I want you to get a revelation this morning that Jesus is with you this morning, that, that, that his very presence is with you. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we got to get a revelation that Jesus wants to be up close and personal. He wants to be the personal uh, God to you because Jesus is God in the flesh. Amen. And so we got to get a, a, a revelation of that. And so the title of this message is I'm calling this message Jesus, my best friend. And I want you to make Jesus your best friend. Amen. Amen. John 1.14 says it this way. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So we know that Jesus is the word made flesh and though and Jesus is full of grace and he's full of Truth. Glory to God. Every time we read the scriptures, we should see the grace of God in the scriptures. Amen. And, and so so we understand that. So let's look at a scripture here and, and we're going to talk about a little bit of Jesus's humanity, because I think a lot of times when we think about Jesus, we just see him as, you know, uh, the the, you know, the God man that's doing all these miracles and that has never has any problems. I think we think that Jesus almost is untouchable, but Jesus is touchable. Amen. In Hebrews 2, 17, uh, Hebrews 2, verses 17, and 18, it says this way. Therefore, in all these things, and this is really describing the humanity of Jesus. He had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God and make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are being tempted. So what, what is it saying here? Well, I love uh, what the message is. It says, obviously, of course, that it didn't go to, that he didn't go to all this trouble for angels. It was for people like us children of Abraham, that why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Jesus had to enter into every detail of human life. He, he be, God became like us so that he could experience the things that we experience in life. And you know what? I'm going to say this, that, you know, Jesus, you know, he had a public ministry for three years, but he lived life for 30 years. And a lot of people don't realize that he lived a life down here and he went through the same struggles that we go down. We go in this life. He he has the same struggles. He 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 went through the same things and and he even had a job. He was a carpenter. I like that. That bumper she says, I serve a Jewish carpenter. Anybody ever seen that bumper sticker? You might have one on your back here. But 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 Jesus not is only the the Jewish carpenter. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. 
And so here, uh, Jesus understands the dynamics of relationships. And a lot of people don't realize that Jesus had a family. They, they just think it was just Joseph and Mary and Jesus and maybe a couple of brothers. But he had a he had a big family in Mark 6, 3. It says this way. It, 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 he was, Jesus was actually ministering in his hometown and uh, the people were questioning him um, and, they, and they were they were familiar with Jesus because he grew up in the town. And, and he's and it says in Mark 6, 3, is it is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us. So, and so they were offended with him. So we, we have to look at this. You know, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, if they had diapers back then, I don't think they did. Jesus would have been changing some diapers. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I was changing my kids diaper last night and I was thinking, I wonder if Jesus would do that, you know. And then I thought about that scripture. I am God and I change not. No. But <laughs> Okay, we'll continue. So Jesus, they didn't have diapers back then. So maybe he went enough. But anyway. <laughs> and uh, so we have to understand this, that, that in a dynamic of, of family, you know, there's going to be um, there's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be struggles in family. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? And you don't think that Jesus didn't, you know, have any kind of struggles or you, you don't think that there was any any uh, of the family members trying to power play their way into the family, trying to control. And anybody have any people like that in their family? <laughs> any manipulators in your family, any controllers? And you say, yeah, that's me. No, I won't go there. But uh, and so and so it's interesting in Mark 3:20 this is interesting in Mark 3:20 verse uh, 20 through 21 it says and he came home again the crowd gathered this is in the new american uh, uh, Bible, uh, revised edition. He came home and again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them to eat him and his disciples. When his relatives heard this, they set out to seize him for they said he is out of his mind. And so, so uh, Jesus, let me just, just give you a little backstory of here. Jesus was actually casting some demons out of people and uh, and the Pharisees were noticing it. People were noticing it. He was he was doing some unusual things and and the Pharisees were getting upset. And his family came in and said, you know, he's just not right in the head. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Today? In other words, they misunderstood what Jesus was all about and what what Jesus was trying to accomplish and what Jesus is trying to do. And sometimes, you know, even our own family can misunderstand us. Sometimes when we when we were trying to stand on a dream or a vision and, you know, uh, that's why you got to be careful who you give your vision to, because they are there are dream killers out here. And, you know, I'm going to say this, that, you know, always give your vision to somebody that, that can believe for you. In other words, you know, that's why we're, we have a vision of a of, of buying a building and having our own land. Why? So we can plant roots and so we can uh, do all that God wants us to do. Amen. So that we can, we can increase in the land. Glory to God. And so we want to, we want to do all that we can do. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation that, that every once in a while our families may misunderstand us. 
and they may not understand what we're going through or we may be going through a season of problems. And I remember that I, I was when I was growing up, I was going through some problems myself as a teen. I wasn't saved. And I, I remember that I would do all kinds of dumb things. I remember that I came home and I and I, you know, back then, I don't know, I guess I was 18. You could drink at 18. And so I drank and I threw up on the carpet and uh, I was on the couch and my dad's an old Navy man. He picked me up and he saw the throw. He said, son, get that cleaned up Threw me down. And I said, yes, sir. I was so embarrassed. I cleaned it up. And you know what? My dad never mentioned anything after that. He never said he never said he just wanted me to clean it up. But I, I did hear him over. Or I did overhear him talking to my mom. That boy must be on drugs. Are you hear what I'm saying? But he didn't say it to my face. Why? Because our words are powerful. <laughs> and I probably was. But anyway, our, our words are powerful. But you know what? Even though that we may start out a little shaky, even though we may start off, you know, not making that mark, not, is anybody perfect in here? Amen. I can raise both hands. Glory to God. But God won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He'll work with us. Even though we might be a little screwed up, a little messed up in the head. You know what I'm talking about? Even though we might be a little messed up, God is still with us. God is still working with us. God is, is revealing his truth to us and bring us, uh, us out of all that deception that the enemy wants to try to put us into. Amen. So we, we got to understand this, that Jesus was a, a, a carpenter. He, sometimes we, we see him with his milky white skin, you know, the, 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 the paintings and with the flowing robes. And, you know, man, this, no, Jesus, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. He was, he probably had a tool belt, you know, and, you know, and, and he, you know, he, he did carpentry work. And, and so, you know, uh, I'm sure he was built, because he was carrying everything. I bet you he was just, he was just backed out. And, and he had calluses on his hands. And he was a working man. And, and I believe that he, you know, they say that at the age of 12 that the Jewish boys become a man. And he probably started helping his dad in the shop at 12 years of age, working. And he probably worked for 18 years up until he became a minister. And then he didn't have to work. No, I won't go there. And, uh... <laughs> Get a real job, right? And, and he had a real No, he worked 18 years. He understands what's like, you know, to, 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 to work and to be in that dynamic. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He understands when, 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 you, when, you know, you just need to talk to him and, and let him know about work. And, and he may ask you, what about work? And you say, I got to go tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? He, he understands your frustrations. He understands what you're going through. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And in Hebrews 4.15, I love this because we think sometimes, you ever feel like when you're, when you're in the process of, of the problem and, and sometimes you almost feel like that God doesn't understand. Like, oh yeah, God, it's okay. You're up there in heaven. And, and, and of course, you know, no, no, Jesus understands. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He, he knows what we're going through. He's been tempted. He's been tested in all points. 
He's been, he's been tested. I'm sure that there was a, a pretty girl that, that the devil sent his way. And I'm sure he was tempted in, in that area as well. And some of you say, no, no, I, no, he was a man. He had flesh and blood. He, he, he had desires. But in Hebrews 4.15, I love this. It says this way in Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but what's in all points tempted as we are without sin. Jesus was tempted in every area that we're tempted in. But what the good thing about Jesus, he did not fall under that temptation. He kept himself right. If it was a pretty girl, he made sure he moved his eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You know what? One person said three second, the three second rule. And, and somebody said, is that like a Jamaican three seconds? One thousand one, you know, and, and looking at. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? To you? No, it's you move as fast as you can. You don't allow the opposite sex to 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 draw you in to those areas. Amen. And then, then, then it says here, and Jesus, I'm going to say this, Jesus understands our pain more than physical pain, but probably emotional pain. And yeah, yeah, he understands that. He understands, you know, maybe some of you grew up, some of you may have been rejected and some of you may have been, anybody have ever been bullied in here? Glory to God. I, I was bullied as a kid. You know, uh, and, and I understand what's being bullied. I understand, you know, when, when be, being picked on. Amen. And so that's, you know, sometimes they like to pick on the short kid. I'm a short person. They, you know, the bigger guys like to pick on the shorter people. Amen. That's why I got a short man's, you know, men, you know, attitude. You know what I'm talking about? Knock it off. You know what I'm talking about? But, 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 but we got to get a, a revelation that Jesus understands emotional pain. Jesus has been through it. In Isaiah 53, uh, verses 2 and 3, it says this. And I love this about Jesus. Uh, It says, he grew up before him. This is Isaiah 53, 2 through 3, NIV. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. I'm just going to stop right here. You know, This is saying that Jesus wasn't a model looking guy. He wasn't this GQ, beautiful person that people were drawn to because of their beauty. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Jesus didn't have these outward looks that would cause people to be, you know what I'm talking about. Because, you know, they're the professional models. You got what you so-called call the beautiful people in this world. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes you can see. Uh, I, I remember I was at 700 Club and I and this and there was this lady actress. Her name was Hunter Hunter something. And all I know was she, I was single at the time. OK, but all, all I know I was married. All I know is she was the most beautiful lady I ever saw in my life. She was so beautiful, I, was, I couldn't even talk. Hi, 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 Have you ever been around somebody so good? Yeah, your spouse. But have you, you know, but this person, sometimes, you know, I, sometimes beautiful people can make you dumb. You know, I, I wanted to come up and talk to her. You know, I said, man, that's, and I found out she was, she was a movie star. She was, I guess she was a Christian movie star. She played in some kind of soap opera. And uh, but but she was just just 
just, just, let me just say this, easy on the eyes. Okay, we'll just continue. Are <laughs> you hearing what I'm saying today? But Jesus wasn't just easy on the eyes. You know, it's interesting to me that, 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 that uh, Lucifer was considered the most beautiful angel that God ever created. Think about this. He was beautiful. He was stunning. He was able to win one third of the heavenly hosts to him. And I believe part of it was because of his beauty, his attraction. He was able to draw these angels to him. But Jesus didn't have this outward beauty about him. Think about it. Jesus, God, God could have made Jesus, uh, God the Father could have created Jesus to be this most beautiful person. But no, he was plain. He, he wasn't, and, and, and that's good for all of us homely people. Amen? Okay, we'll continue. And, uh, and, so, and so, but the beauty was within, not without. And I'm going to say this. I'm tearing up this message. <laughs> And our beauty has to be inside. Have you ever seen a, 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 a person that was pretty on the outside, but ugly on the inside? And I'm telling you, that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be beautiful on the inside. And that beauty radiates on the outside. Amen. And so we see that that Jesus wasn't this this model looking person. And then it says he was despised. And rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he would despise and we held him in low esteem. Glory to God. So we see this, that, that Jesus wasn't always the most popular guy in the world. Jesus wasn't popular among the, the religious zealots of his day. He wasn't popular among the Pharisees and the Sadducees that should have welcomed him with open arms. Amen. They should have been able to, to see, but no, he was more welcomed by the prostitutes and, and by the, by the, uh, you know, the tax collectors and, and by those. He was more welcomed by those people than his own people that were supposed to receive him. He was rejected. He knows what it feels like to be rejected. He knows what it feels like to be hurt. He, know, he can feel your pain. And we got to get a revelation of this, that Jesus qualifies to be your best friend. Jesus wasn't just emotionally, uh, felt emotional pain, but he felt physical pain as well because he had a body. Uh, and in, and he, he felt that through uh, the crucifixion. And it's interesting about the crucifixion. It says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Think about this. You know, I'm telling you, God, the father could have sent Jesus down any time, I guess, in history. But he decided to choose the time where the Romans had the worst execution ever created and demised by mankind. And, you know, nowadays, you know, if you're, you're getting executed, a lot of times they just give you a shot. You know, it's much more humane. They used to do the electric chair. 
and, and, and they may still do it in some states. But um, but uh, now a lot of times they, they give you a shot and they and, and, and you get a lethal injection. But Jesus didn't get just a lethal injection. He got pierced and he got beat and he got whipped and he, he, he experienced every pain. I believe that a person can experience and then some. Why? So he can identify with us. So he can so he can identify with mankind. Jesus identifies with us so he can bring us to a place where we can identify with him. You know, you know we're gonna, there's going to be a suffering for the Christian. And it's not sickness because Jesus bore our sickness. That's not the suffering that, that God's calling us. He's not calling you to a Job ministry where you're suffering sickness. No, that's the, the devil wants to put that on you. And then he's also not, he, he, Jesus was made poor so that through his poverty we may become rich. We're not supposed to suffer poverty or lack. Jesus became, he was stripped naked on the, on the cross and they took his clothes off. Why? So we could be clothed with the glory and the blessings of God. Jesus paid that price. We need to get a revelation of how Jesus is greater than Buddha. Jesus is greater than Muhammad. Jesus is greater than all these so-called religious leaders that, that are given a message. They're pointing to the truth. But Jesus is the truth. There's nobody like Jesus. Jesus is totally different than every religious leader out there. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So Jesus qualifies. I love this this this. Uh, proverb in Proverb eighteen twenty four, and I believe it speaks about Jesus. In Proverb eighteen twenty four, New English translation says this way: A person who has friends may be harmed by them, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'm going to say this to you today, and you may realize this. Anybody out here? Let me just ask you a question. Anybody out here have some close friends? Have they ever betrayed you? Have they ever did you wrong? Have you ever put your trust in a friend and they didn't and they didn't hold up? They they ended up leaving and they were fair weather friends. When it got tough, they left. Anybody ever been out there like that? But Jesus is not like that. Jesus sticks closer than a brother. Jesus understands what we go through in this life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need, I'm going to give you a couple points here. Uh, we need to make Jesus this morning, that, that all of this, we need to make Jesus our best friend. And I, I love this because uh, Jesus qualifies to be our best friend. But in John 15, 15, why does he qualify? Because, you know, all of us really should go to hell. None of us are good enough in our own right to make it to heaven. We don't have enough goodness in us. We have to rely on Jesus's goodness. And if it wasn't for Jesus's goodness, we all would be going to hell. Wow, that's powerful. But no, no, there is a reason why he went to the cross. There is a reason why he paid the sin debt. There is a reason. So we can escape hell and have heaven, glory to God. So we can have eternity with God the Father showering his love on us for eternity. 
Glory to God. We are the loved ones. God loves you so much, no matter what you're going through. Get a revelation of that. I love this about Jesus when he was talking to his disciples, because he's not, he didn't call us into his kingdom just to be servants. He didn't call you just to be a servant. I'm just looking for them to serve me. No, no, look what he says here that is so powerful in John 15, 15. Is he says this to his disciples, and you're a disciple, a disciplined one of the Lord. He said in John 15, 15, New King James Version, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends, for all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus wasn't just calling his disciples servants. And I'm the master. You're the servant. You do what I tell you to do and don't ask any questions. No, he would say, I'm not calling you. Listen, guys, I'm not calling you servants. I'm calling you friends. Think about that. Friends. We're Jesus's friends. Amen. And I love that. So, so how, how the, the question is, how do you become Jesus friend? <laughs> Now, are you ready? <laughs> how, how do I become Jesus' best friend? How do I make him my best friend? Well, number one, we need to spend time reading his word. You know, you, you know, that's why you're here this morning, because you love, how many people love the word of God? And I'm telling you, if you don't love the word of God, you don't love Jesus. Oh, that might be a revelation to some of us. If we don't love the word of God... Jesus is the word made flesh. I'm telling I love the word of God. Somebody say, I love the word of God. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 119, 97. He says, oh, how I love your law. Or you could, you could say, oh, how I love your word it is my meditation all the day. And then the, and then the blessing of loving God's word, it will make you wiser than your enemies. And the more you love your word, you can have more insight than your teachers. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Love his word. Uh, number two, we, if you, we're going to make Jesus our best friend, spend time in worshiping him. You know, we, we hear the general, you hear this a lot of times from celebrities and from sports figures. You hear this, that they love God. They say, oh, God is in my life, right? But they don't, they don't mention Jesus. And if you don't mention Jesus, I don't know if you can love God. Okay, I'm. We get this general idea. Oh, God is in my corner. God made me rich. You know, God is with me. But 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 are you honoring Jesus? Because if you're not honoring Jesus, you're not honoring God. Oh, man. Are you listening to what I'm saying? If Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Are you listening to what I say? You've heard that before, haven't you? I didn't get that. That's hot off the press, right? And so, listen, we got we to spend time worshiping Jesus. John 5, 23 says it this way. It says that all should honor the Son. This is Jesus speaking. All should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you. I'm, ta- I'm saying this morning that we're here to worship Jesus. We're here to make, to exalt Jesus. And as we exalt Jesus, we're exalting God. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I love it what it says in, in Philippians. Therefore God also highly, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God by the Father. Are you here once of the Father? And so, so, so every, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, that Jesus is Lord. That's awesome. I love what it says in Hebrews 1, 6. But he, uh, he, but he again brings the firstborn into the world, and he says, let all the angels of God worship him. So Jesus is deserving of our worship. We need a, yes, we, yes, you go to God, the Father in prayer. And yes, I know the technical. You ask God in Jesus' name. That's the technical way to pray. But you know what? You can pray to Jesus. You can let Jesus know that you love him. You can let him know that you appreciate him. You can let him know that you're with him and that he's with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You need to say, thank you, Jesus. You need, to start, you need to start recognizing Jesus as your... Jesus, this is a great day. I love it when Jesse DePlanis would come in and say, Hi, Jesus. And he would say, Jesus would say, Hi, Jesse. You know. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Get a revelation of that. And number three, we need to spend time in prayer. Now, the Bible says pray at all times without ceasing. How do you do that? Well, I believe that prayer is not just petitioning God for something, but it can be an ongoing conversation with him. And so we need to have an ongoing conversation with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And when we talk to him like he's a real person, which he is, glory to God, he's your savior. He, you may just want to call him by some names. Thank you, Jesus. You're my deliverer today. You're my savior today. You're my, you know, you may be dealing with some fear. You're my prince of peace today, Jesus. You're my mighty conqueror today, Jesus. You just, whatever name, you're Emmanuel, Jesus, you are God with me. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you this morning? And I love that because Jesus, listen, Jesus qualified to be our high priest. He was given a name that's above every name. And you know what Jesus is doing today in heaven? He's seated at the right hand of God forever making intercession for us. He's interceding on our behalf. When we're going through a hard time, Jesus knows it. He's been there. He knows how, what we're dealing with. He reveals it to the Father. And then the grace and the mercy and the love of God comes down in our lives. And Jesus feels our pain. He knows what we've been through. He's been through it himself. And I'm telling you, that's an awesome revelation to receive this morning. Glory to God. And I love it in Hebrews 4, 16, in New King James Version. It says here, as we're going through a hard time, let us therefore come boldly. One translation says, let us come confidently. Let us come with confidence or boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help 
in time of need. Jesus is interceding for us so that we can have mercy, which we are, we're not getting something that we deserve, which is punishment. That's God's mercy. We should receive punishment, but we're not getting that. We're getting blessing instead. We should, and then find grace, and that's God's ability to move on our behalf, to cause the impossible to happen, so we can walk in the blessings of God. I'm telling you, His grace is, is more than we ever need. It's abundantly above more than we can ask or think. That's what His grace is for us. Every promise is yes and amen to the glory of God and then help in time of need. The greatest prayer that you can ever pray when you're in trouble is Jesus. And when you call out that name, Jesus, that means deliverer. That means God is with us. That means that God is for you. That means that God is your peace. Jesus equates to all these names. Somebody say Jesus in the house this morning. So so I want to just finish this up by saying to you today, uh, the last point is to trust Jesus. Give Jesus all your trust in your life. Trust him today. Trust in me when things aren't looking good. Trust him today. Allow him to run your life. In other words, some of us may be running our own life. And I'm going to say this. Get yourself off the throne of your heart and put Jesus back on the throne of your heart. Let him dictate your life. Let him be the pilot and you the co-pilot. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And Proverbs 3, 5 says this way. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Listen, Jesus wants to bring you into greener pastures. He wants to bring you into, into a place of victory and glory. He wants to bring you into that promised land and keep you in the promised land. Do you believe that today? And as we put our trust and faith in him, he will do it. Did you receive it this morning? I believe you have this bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just praise you today. And I thank you for your son, Jesus. And I thank you that Jesus changes everything. And perhaps you're here this morning, perhaps you're watching online and you never made a profession or a confession of Jesus being your Lord. The Bible is very clear. It says that you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And the only way to get born again is to put Jesus on the throne of your heart. And to do that today, all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart. And so Jesus is knocking on the door right now. All you have to do is open that door. So just say this after me if you're ready to do that. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus. You died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.